0: Hello everyone and I hope you're all doing very well. Very special interview today and I'm really excited about it. So what we found out recently and apparently other people knew but I didn't know was that the Eurofighter is actually coming. Eurofighter Typhoon is actually coming to DCS. Lots of people have asked me whether I thought it would ever come to DCS and I said no we'll never get in DCS. It's too new, too modern, it's you know, it's, it's it's just not something that we'll ever be able to get. Turns out I'm wrong, like I usually am, uh, which is great because it means we get it. So we've managed to secure an interview with the team leader. This is Giho. Uh, say hello, Giho. Yes. Hello, John. Thanks for having me on your channel. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. And he's going to answer your questions. So what we've got in front of us here is the questions that you guys have put and there's bloody loads of them, which is great because it means people are interested and we're going to do everything we can, obviously, to increase Interest in it. So, uh, anything you want to say, Giro, about it might be worth just giving us just an idea that you've been a pilot in the Eurofighter uh, and stuff like that. Um, a couple of sentences, and then we'll kick off.
1: Okay, then I start off with uh, with that. I just, um, started with the uh, Air Force in 1989, actually, and with the Air Force meaning the German Luftwaffe, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: since I'm German, and. Yeah, uh, through the uh, normal uh, build-up process, uh, becoming an officer, I joined then um, Wittmund, that's the former Jagdgeschwader 71 Richthofen, Mm -hmm. uh, and I flew the F-4 Phantom for 10 years. Awesome. um, Yeah, that was awesome, awesome time. Um, I uh, became an instructor pilot there and a weapons instructor, and in uh, 2003, the uh, Eurofighter finally... uh, came online basically, um, but actually it wasn't released to the uh, to everybody in the Air Force. We just set up uh, Lage Air Base in the beginning. I had to do a very small uh, test pilot uh, thing to fly the prototypes uh, first. And we set up the uh, Lage Air Base uh, school, the training uh, base basically. That was 2004. And we did um, one year of operational test and evaluation there. Uh, I became... Um, 2005 uh, squadron commander and the uh, one and only uh, squadron that Germany had by that time, and we set up the schooling and how that worked, the training purposes. And two two and a half years later, I became again squadron commander in the other squadron, seven uh, three one. We uh, opened that one again. It was the former MiG twenty nine squadron, um, the only MiG twenty nine squadron mm. Germany had, and that was MiG twenty nine was sold basically to uh, Poland. And uh, yeah, we changed that to a Eurofighter squadron. Um, after that, I had a small uh, staff tour. Came back as an um, Ops group commander at Lager again. Uh was well, there three years in that uh, function and then had again a staff tour. Um, had to trip to Afghanistan also. And then I, yeah, at that time, I. Uh, switched to Wittmund again, this time as a um, base commander at Wittmund. I uh, did also like two tours, it's kind of a special thing there, uh, because Wittmund at that time uh, was not a full uh, fighter wing. Uh, it became one again, so I made like two tours out of it, two and a half years basically as a, as a base commander. And after approximately 30 years, um, I retired. And, uh, yeah, I'm a civilian now, basically. Roger.
0: Awesome. And now you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so you're doing this, which is great. Exactly. it's Great that you do that. Um, now, I mean, we could sit and talk for three hours about your uh, very interesting sounding career, and I'm really tempted to, but we're not, we're gonna do uh, what the what yeah. the viewers want, um, because we've gotta make this doable. Um, so let's just kick off, and we'll just work our way through the questions. We'll try and just stick to the questions, and at the end, we'll all have accumulated some extra questions, obviously, as we you know find things out as we go, and then we'll just do a kind of um, quick fire round at the end, sure. just one thing to note: I, I don't know if you've read through these questions or not, but um, you know these questions come from the whole spectrum of DCS players, ex-pilots down to twelve-year-olds that have never seen a plane, all the way down to me, basically who don't know anything. So just expect a, a very mix of questions. Now it does actually actually create some cool questions when, when we open up like this. So one: Will the Typhoon have similar weapons to the Hornet and the Viper? in this tranche, and I hope I'm saying tranche right there, I never quite understand, and if so, how will they pair with the avionics to be better or worse than the Hornet or the Viper? And could you please answer, just for the simpletons out, me like that, uh, out there, uh, which tranche is it and which kind of sub-tranche, which block is it, please?
1: Yeah, I uh, knew you are going to ask obviously the obvious question with the tranches and blocks and uh, whatever. Uh, the problem I want to. I mean, there were millions of questions basically in that uh, same regime, and they also uh, cover basically what kind of capabilities uh, will be in there. Um, first of all, it's important to know that we just started the development basically, mm-hmm. uh, just as a kind of expectation management. Uh, not because a couple of people also asked is it is it ready in like two weeks or two months <laughs> yeah. uh No, definitely not. We just started the whole project. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an, a very ambitious uh, thing. I guess we started here. Um, I. Choose the uh, name TrueGrid for for a purpose basically, Um, because it kind of uh, shows. Well, I guess you need some balls to do the whole project. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. guess, Um, and the real um, the um, the classification issues. That's pretty much the next question that's coming up. All this uh, means that I cannot give you detailed information on what you uh, are going to see at what time Mm -hmm. I mean we're doing the best first of all to get all the information uh, we can on this obviously it's uh, there's a lot of uh, public information obviously uh, around and if you scan through the internet uh, YouTube and everything there's a lot of stuff uh, that is showing the Eurofighter basically in all aspects Uh, it's also very modern stuff of trenches that are not even uh, yet on the market so, there's a lot of stuff out there, but if you want to build it, obviously, into a, uh, a perfect simulation for you guys, uh, you need more detailed information that is hard to come by. Uh, obviously, we have a, uh, a very good team, I mean, a very professional team with a lot of uh, subject matter experts, uh, also like me, that know the aircraft very well, but then there is again the classification issue. Uh, so, all this mixture means we're going to start off with the Eurofighter, uh, like in the beginning, and it will have some uh, initial capabilities that I guess are still awesome, and we will go and through the development phase and put more and more capabilities to it. In what kind of sequence things are going to happen, I guess it's not like uh, the aircraft was introduced and then into tranches and blocks and all this, because that is not the way we get the information mm-hmm. and to get the information released, basically. So at this time, it's really... You cannot answer it basically mm. um, because the whole philosophy basically is from the the main key su- key to success is to to tackle that um, classification issue. Um, obviously, in the different nations that are using and operating the typhoon, it's there are different philosophies of uh, how to handle that. Uh, Germany is a very strict one that I know of. Uh, but then there is, overall, there's, for example, NETMA, that's a new... Um, if you uh, look at this... Uh, by the way, just if you read through uh, Spectre 11's threat, that's a nice compendium I would recommend to do this, because then you get all the details of how the aircraft is going through the trenches and down to the PSC, to the production system configuration, just to recommend that. Uh, if you see that... Uh, there's so much going on. If you say that's the Eurofighter, you cannot even say that is a Eurofighter because the Eurofighter is so, through all the nations, so different with the capabilities. We're going to start off with the German one. And since we are German and we get the best information, basically, we have from us ourselves. And then we go and start uh, getting the other capabilities also as add-ons, basically, also later on, basically. So uh, if you see the information you have, we in our heads basically we have the uh i mean i've flown uh up to uh two years ago a lot of people have flown the uh, Eurofighter, so we know the aircraft very well um, obviously we cannot release all this classified information out of our heads even so we always need to make sure that the uh, information we can release and make it happen as a, a nice and good simulation is also publicly available basically right so and uh, if you see, there is, for example, the uh, NETMA, the NATO Eurofighter and Tornado Management Agency. Uh, we are in uh, good talk with these guys down at, uh, near Munich. Um, we have a contract with the Eurofighter uh, Jagdflugzeug uh, GmbH, that is uh, the civilian side basically selling the aircraft. We have a contract with these guys for copyright issues, which is also kind of... Important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with this kind of new and modern uh, type of aircraft, so we are. I guess we are really nicely set to do all this, but again, there are a lot of people around the world operating Eurofighter who will tell us, "Well, you cannot show this mm-hmm. uh, certain aspect, basically." Mm-hmm. So there are, there will be some walls to get through, basically, and I cannot say which it will be at this time.
0: Roger. Okay,
1: so that is our problem because I know. Uh, there are a lot of expectations. Uh, I would love to show it into the most modern version, but I guess everybody on your side in the community will have an understanding that probably that won't happen with every equipment. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you compare it now with like also the questions to the balancing in DCS, uh, I guess it's even kind of okay if we don't show, uh, or if we are not able to get the Eurofighter in the best equipped version that you have on the uh, planet right now, because then the whole balancing, I guess, would be really uh, out the window. Um, So maybe it's even okay to start with a version that is nicely comparable to the Mm -hmm. F-16, F-18 kind of uh, versions. Um, And then we progress from there, because I guess also then on the red side, for the balancing purposes there should also some guys and companies you know start introducing more and more modern jets mm. that is basically it was a long talk now but it is, you know it covers a lot of these questions basically
0: mm-hmm. and this is uh, i mean this is not an abnormal thing to have a jet enter that doesn't fit perfectly into the tranche slash uh, block area for instance just off the top of the my head the JF17 we have um is not a real aircraft it's a hybrid between block one block two and might have some block three bits coming in i'm not sure f-15 is a mixture of several different blocks and so on are you because like you said you you get whatever you can get hold of it you can't just you know you can't just pick all the things you want and say i want to make this one and then you know which is fine it's you know it's life it's how it is at the end of the day
1: Yeah. If you take, for example, I mean, if you just said the German version, maybe uh, the first one that is introduced. Mm. But then uh, if you see like the German one doesn't have the pirate, for example, Mm. uh, because Germany didn't uh, buy this one. Uh, So I guess people would ask, okay, but, uh, you know, on this, I'm not quite sure even if the Italian one or the Spanish one has it. The British one does it uh, for sure. Uh, If the British then would say, well, we have pirate on there, so we want to have it then probably it makes sense uh, to on our side still develop that one too and bring it also in a version and then uh, we make it a skin of the uh, British one later on and you have a British uh, version basically Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how it works Uh, if yeah like you said maybe it's kind of a hybrid later on Uh, obviously you have you can have the uh, different skins of the different nations but you will also have the different uh, capabilities Right,
0: so absolutely. Um, just one thing I forgot to say, I'm sure you all know, uh, but this is a closed interview, so if we could make ensure we've got no streaming and no recording as well, please, guys. Um, excellent. Um, that's good. Gear, do you want me to move on? Yes, please, of course. Question two Will the typhoon, oh, (laughs) we've kind of just covered this, but uh, let's see what we can get. Will the typhoon create balance? issues within the game or will they fit in well with the rest of the gen 4 fighters and just to give some background to this this is a um, there's a big issue in, in dcs there's two camps of guys roughly about 50 50 split the, the first camp want DCS to just be an absolute replication of what we've got in real life. And then there's the other camp, like me, who wants it to roughly balance out. So very roughly, the red side wants to be roughly balanced with the blue side because we have to go and play big 25v25 games. And if it's unbalanced, uh, then we have problems. Um, anything you, more you want to say on that, Giho?
1: No, I think i just answer that. If you uh-huh. if you would introduce right away a trans 3... Um, aircraft that has everything in it uh, I guess you can play it very nicely uh, on your blue side and you, you're king in heaven basically but then I would I would assume on my side like after a couple of uh, uh, sessions you're like uh, bored because there's no mm-hmm. position basically. Mm-hmm. So I guess from my side that doesn't make too much sense uh, so that's why we also approach this and uh, try to make it uh, the uh, more standard basic versions first which are if you, stake, if you take a Eurofighter from right the beginning, basically, the ones that I flew in 2004, 5, 6, uh, I did some air combat against uh, F-16s, F-18s, uh, F-15s, and I did have my fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's still a very capable uh, aircraft already uh, mm-hmm. on this. Um, but again, there's more to come Then later on, but... I would say that also then the red side needs to, you know, perform better for mm-hmm. the
0: balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree exactly what you said, I have the earlier types of uh, technology in there. What we'd always want to avoid is like an arms race, where one developer gets pitted against the other to add more and more, you know, add Amram Ds and then add whatever. I don't even know what the latest stuff is, but, you know, I think it would get a bit out of control. But yep, I think everyone's agreed there. Um, yeah. Okay, Gio. Um, will the first? Well, sorry. Will the Pirate IRST system be included? I think I caught that as a no, at least to begin with. But can you explain what the Pirate IRST is to people that don't know, please?
1: That is an uh, infrared uh, tracking system that is, again, on some of the nations, uh, fitted on the left-hand side of the canopy, uh, basically like the MiG-29 uh, also had or has. Mm. Uh, so that is uh, the equivalent of the Eurofighter, basically, to track uh, IR, um, like the radar, but in IR, and it's called pirate uh, in the Eurofighter. Any idea
0: why some nations had it? Is it a cost thing or do we just not know?
1: I guess I guess in the end, on the Eurofighter side, at least for Germany, it's all a matter of cost. Um, I mean, it has been before uh, before it was named the Eurofighter, it has been the uh, in Germany the Jäger Neunzig. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was supposed to be the follow-on for a lot of, you know, older type aircraft, mm-hmm. but that was uh, pretty much uh, put down for money purposes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, it needed to be very much more cheap, and it was then called basically the uh, Eurofighter, if you put it in rough terms. And uh, that a lot of uh, systems were missing, and that at least in Germany. And were later on, uh, and later contracts basically added again, and the pirate never made it uh, up to now. I mean, it's it's easily uh, to fix. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, if Germany, and that might happen uh, mm-hmm. in the future, uh, mm-hmm. decides on putting that into it, mm-hmm. uh, you can fit it. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, hardware, obviously, but it's uh, prepared, and you can uh, mm-hmm. upgrade the software, and it would uh, fit in there on the real one.
0: So it's like a bolt-on feature; it's something that you can add on if you want, if you yeah. want to pay
1: for it. Kind of. I mean, it's not too complicated.
0: Mm. Yeah. Very good. Question four, I think we've already covered. Um, should we skip question four?
1: Yeah, from my side, please.
0: Absolutely. And then the next one, will it have Meteor and Brimstone missiles? And if you know the answer to that, would you mind um, explaining what those missiles are to our viewers that don't know, please?
1: Yeah, Meteor is the next uh, longer range um missile for air-to-air purposes uh, beyond basically the AMRAM and uh, the Brimstone as an air-to-surface weapon. Um, uh, same issue here. Um, first of all, getting the uh, the info because that missile is not even yet in the service in, in Germany. Mm. Uh, so th- I'm saying that is something for, for later on, basically, for the higher tranches and badges and whatever. Um, it's... Uh, it is again very publicly shown in, in some YouTube videos. Uh, again, the philosophy my philosophy on all this uh, releasable data stuff on the, uh, on the classification stuff, uh, if the companies um, are showing it on air shows, for example, in simulators they are showcasing, if the Air Force is flying it on uh, air shows and if have fairs and whatever, uh, if you show it on uh, uh, videos and YouTube and whatever, if that is in the public uh, world out there, um, I think we are entitled to uh, kind of sh- rebuild this, um, reverse engineer, it basically, and uh, show it also in DCS. Why not? Uh, but if, as long as I know uh, that the system is uh, um, NATO-restricted or secret or whatever, I obviously cannot mm. uh, say that the information that is shown there is correct, because otherwise I would make it a secret thing. Uh, but if you're if you do exactly that, what is uh, shown in like on a v- uh, YouTube video from BAE or some manufacturer, and I just uh, reverse engineer what is shown there, that is maybe a way uh, to get the classification issue uh, solved and you have a meteor later on in the aircraft, you know.
0: Roger, just purely for my interest, if we don't get the meteor, that's fine. What is our kind of standard fallback? Would that be an AMRAM or I'm not sure what missiles? Yeah, yeah just uh, exactly. AMRAM C or something. Yeah, MRM
1: was introduced in the very first version, and it's used today. Roger, understood.
0: Very good. Okay, let's crack on, guys. Um, Will we have access to all systems? Are some still classified? Just said that. Yeah, pretty much covered that, haven't we? Okay, Uh, will...
1: I guess, like, 50% of the questions are like
0: this, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions out there, and there's not a vast amount of answers at the moment, especially because we're quite early in the project as well. Um, that's fine but people want to be involved from as early as possible so it's good that you're uh, putting yourself out there i think um uh, number seven will the ecm suite be modeled along with anti-eccm spoofing and agile frequency hopping now i've been into dcs for a long time i don't know what most of that means maybe you could possibly explain your understanding of that and whatever answer you have please
1: well, basically, it's all it's it's around the ECM and how you counter it, ECCM. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is done by various techniques uh, that I even can't say here right now uh, answering the question already because that is classified information already. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, I'm not really too sure how many uh, modules in uh, DCS are using all these techniques. Um, it's again a balancing thing, I, I would also say, mm-hmm. if you have uh, uh, on one side nothing of this. Mm-hmm. And you put everything on blues on blue side. I mean, where's the fun of flying? Basically, then? Uh,
0: I mean, my understanding of this is that even I'm sure there are very complex um, ECM systems on that and other modern fighters. But my understanding exactly. is that, the, as it stands, the back end of DCS doesn't support it anyway. Uh, there's noise creators, and that's all there is at the moment. You can create some noise. It fills a volume, and that's it. You can't counter that. It's just that's what it is. So. Yeah, you can have all of these systems, and I'll show you. I'm sure you will show them in the cockpit, and you can press all the buttons. But I, I'd be amazed if it actually did anything, because it's not supported by the backend simulation. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because it's, I mean, this is a public available game mm-hmm. uh, version, of uh, flight sim that you know. If you put this stuff in, it's definitely classified.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And loads. I get loads of people saying, when will they um, increase the uh, complexity? of the ECM type systems in DCS? And my answer was, is probably not because even fairly old stuff is still classified. Um, yeah.
1: And oh, by the way, I mean, if we're talking balancing on the blue and red side, it's also, I think uh, it becomes at least with the really complex systems, uh, if you want to introduce them in DCS, mm-hmm. it really becomes also a question on who is able to handle this. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how many uh, pro pilots you really do have that are putting can put so much effort uh, uh, into it uh, to get all this system really properly work. I mean, just because it's there it doesn't mean that you can operate it. And, yeah. uh, and as and well as th- really, yeah, as well as that, getting- people's
0: people's computers have got to model it as well. Which yeah, is exactly. which is always yeah. my argument when I, when people want extra, all this stuff in well i my answer is always well aren't your frame rates bad enough already do you really want all this extra stuff calculated and having to be uploaded and downloaded and you know can you imagine it's will exponentially the problem will grow until we won't be able to play anymore because that
3: is true so
0: yeah it's a bit of a balance but anyway okay very good uh, let's carry on guys uh, question eight are the flying character characteristics similar to other delta wind aircraft such as the Mirage or do they vastly differ in these char- characteristics due to certain factors or features
1: well it's a delta wing aircraft it's true uh, I haven't flown myself another one uh, I've mm-hmm. flown different aircraft but not a other uh, delta wing aircraft so it's tough to say uh, but what I can say is that the uh, eurofighter is uh, per se a extremely uh, unique uh, flying machine. It is a complete computer-generated flying thing that is happening there. Um, Obviously, it's still an aircraft and it's flying through air, but it's all uh, the computer doing. I mean, the the whole airframe is built uh, extremely unstable, even much more than the F-16. It wouldn't fly at all uh, uh, without the computer, so if the uh, power goes out, uh, then the aircraft immediately departs, uh, Mm -hmm. basically. So... uh, that makes it completely uh, um, dependent on the uh, flight computers. Uh, it still flies, if you're sitting in there, I mean, the stick also doesn't have any uh, like mechanical cables or something. It's just a joystick, basically. And you tell the computer you want to fly left, right, upside, down, whatever. And the computer decides if that is uh, able to do. Um, it's carefree handling, which is really, really nice to fly. It's, it's the absolutely easiest aircraft I've ever flown. Um, and it's also the uh, the purpose uh, that is very easy to fly, because the main issue for the pilot is not anymore really flying this air- and keep it in the air basically as a single seat aircraft, but it's handling all the information. It's a, it's an information management war basically, uh, and that and you're even alone in your cockpit there. And if you would have to uh, to really handle the aircraft to stay in the air basically, like the F4, the F4 was a very mm. very manly aircraft to fly. Mm. But you really definitely needed two guys. Uh, So this the Eurofighter is really easy to fly. Um, You don't have to operate any flaps anymore and slats. It's all done by the computer. You just raise the gear, lower the gear, and that's everything. Okay, you just put in the plug in the power, take off basically, raise the gear, and that's it. No flaps and stuff and everything. Um, So very easy to fly uh, and very nice to fly. Basically, I guess you will enjoy. Roger. From my
0: anecdotal evidence as well, I've obviously seen it at many air shows, and again, not against, but you know, in comparison with other uh, jets, uh, F15s, F16s, F18s, even F22s. And <clears throat> excuse me. And there is something very special about how it moves, uh, I, and I don't really have the experience to understand why. But for instance, when it when it takes off and does a an roll, a roll immediately. The way it rolls is very odd. It rolls around a, a weird pitch. Uh, a kind of weird rotation point, like the F-16, but even more exaggerated, which is probably something to do with its instability, not a clue, but it moves very differently and spectacularly compared to different aircraft.
1: I know what you mean. It looks really strange Mm -hmm. because it tries to roll basically like a a, a very small barrel roll uh, around its own own nose.
0: It's an aileron roll, but it's also a barrel roll. It's odd, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah okay just sorry one very quick thing that came back there you said that it's very carefree handling um fly-by-wire and so on um do you get any kind of obviously if you're flying a mechanical driven plane like an f4 you're going to get some sort of kind of feedback um through the stick do you get any kind of induced feedback through a stick or is it all literally no feedback at all through the stick
1: it's zero feedback the stick is really like you will enjoy it as a as a flight sim mm. person basically because it's yeah, uh, exactly the same feeling you don't have any feeling through the stick which is really weird uh, when you convert to it um, obviously the the whole airframe is talking to you a lot because it's a delta wing aircraft It really is, uh, starts uh, shaking and rumbling uh, at a certain uh, angle of attack that, so it gives you a feedback of your energy state basically mm-hmm. but there's no feedback through the uh, through the stick and in the trainer version the um, where the ip is sitting in the back uh, the stick even is completely dead. You cannot even feel what the uh, person in the front seat mm. is doing. Uh, that is also kind of thing that you need to learn as an IP. The back seat flying close formation, mm. doing air and stuff, and you do, you have a dead stick there. Uh, so it's kind of weird. Roger. But it's a computer.
0: Roger. Very good. Okay, excellent. All right, let's push on, guys. Uh, number nine: Are you able to release the module with a more intuitive skin livery editor? Well, we don't really, we don't have a skin livery editor at the moment, um, and I don't see why you would want to do do one. But have you got any thoughts? It's a question.
1: Well, I would be happy, happy if we uh, release it later on with different skins for different nations. Obviously, yep. uh, if it if there ever will be an editor, uh, no idea. <laughs> I didn't plan on it yet watch sure. up
0: i do have a guide by the way about editing skins no it's not particularly easy but i'll link it in the video description and you can go and see how i do it at least okay okay guys uh now this is an interesting one uh number 10 will the turbo decoy be functional what about ecm best explain what that means first of all obviously to people that don't know please
1: yeah, I mean, you can even see in the very first uh, Eurofighter movie that came out, like in 2000, I don't know, four or so, maybe, uh, where they advertised the Eurofighter, you could see that there is obviously a, a tow decoy uh, in the aircraft um, that basically is like a, a very small ECM pod trailing on a cable behind the aircraft. Um, the way of how it works is also publicly available information. It's uh, it's there to um, increase the missed distance of uh, other radar missiles basically that don't hit your aircraft but the uh, small ECM put on the cable basically that's the way how a towed decoy works and again uh, we want at some point later on down the road uh, to introduce that also because it's also a important uh, defensive system of the aircraft Uh, but it wasn't introduced in the right in the way in the beginning so again like the other answers to all these questions we want to do it, and I can't tell you when it will happen.
0: Roger. Oh God, that's a really interesting thing that is. It just reminds me of just uh, cruisers and destroyers, you know, laying their torpedo uh, uh, decoy out the back to, to, to trap the torpedo. It's to be exactly. such, it's such an interesting yes. thing to do. It be out of interest, is that to, to, is that decoy? It's informa- technical information on that decoy. It's not going to be publicly available, is it? I'd love to know about it, but it's not going to be publicly available. It's all going to be classified, isn't it? Well,
1: you would be amazed how much stuff is publicly available. Uh, so uh, scan through YouTube and um, wiki platforms and stuff. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of information available. I'd uh, love to
0: know how much, I'd love to have know what wattage the, the Eurofighter is sending down to that decoy. I just think it'd be fascinating to find out. Uh, but anyway, yeah. that's, um, that's something for me to look at. Have you ever used that? Do you pra- practice with it? No, you just, not on the German ones, is it?
1: Is uh, it is. It is. Um, but to be very honest, uh, you cannot train to, with it live mm-hmm. because you have to cut it. Oh. Once, uh, as as long as soon as it is deployed, uh, you cannot uh, reel it in back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you need to cut it, and uh, so that doesn't make much sense for a training uh, purpose there.
0: Interesting. really interesting to see the statistics of in testing of whether they've actually worked or not i'm sure that's sure they do but it's just interesting okay very interesting question very interesting aeroplane this is it's a little bit different uh let's move on anyway i'm sure you'll know what this means. i know that some had guns and some didn't I, i'm assuming this means internal gun or no internal
1: gun it does have a 27 millimeter uh, mauser cannon and it will have from the beginning on a gun for sure
0: Roger, Um, is A, is that the one from the Tornado? B, is there some reason why they asked that question? Are there some
1: versions that didn't have a gun? Uh, It is uh, the version from the Tornado. Tornado had two of them. Uh, Eurofighter has one, but it's pretty much the same gun. Um, And yes, funnily enough, the uh, British, uh, the Royal Air Force uh, at some point had a discussion of maybe uh, having a Eurofighter without a gun. Uh, but they uh, elected to have one later on, so there is no version with no gun, basically.
0: Understood. Excellent. Out of interest, this Mauser doesn't sound like an air-to-air cannon. Is this an air-to-ground cannon?
1: Yeah, that is an interesting uh, discussion, uh, because I'm coming from a Phantom with a nice Vulcan uh, Mm. air-to-air gun that puts out enough of lead for an air-to-air fight with a a lot of spread Mm. that makes sense Uh, i didn't like the uh, mauser too much uh, because it's a very pinpointed Mm. uh, single barrel uh, weapon i mean it it was made uh, basically into an air-to-air weapon from an aiming side uh, issue but my personal opinion on that i would rather have have had a uh, Vulcan rotating gun yeah
0: yeah, Roger. I mean, we've got, we've got the problem with DCS. We've got the lovely Vulcan cannons on one side. The Russian side, we've got, um, what are they, rotating barrel? I've forgotten what they're called. Not The non-Gatling gun, the single barrel, 30 mil cannons, which are very powerful, but with yeah. no spread and not enough lead per second. They exactly. don't compare to a Vulcan at all, but interesting. Maybe it yeah. was a cost thing. I don't know, but okay, very good. Uh, right, so where are we, Christian? uh uh, sorry, I've lost it. uh, twelf, twelf. uh what is twelf. the expected <laughs> cost of the module going to be when it releases? If you, oh God, it probably would have all changed by then. But do you have an answer for that?
1: Uh, well, uh, obviously, we talked to Eagle Dynamics uh, and it's uh, pitted in the uh, Epic class, basically, like mm. uh, some other modules. So I would assume that the price range is also pretty similar
0: yeah it will be the same as a tomcat or something like that basically whatever the whatever the tops are it's going to change it's going to change you know these prices are going to fluctuate up or down or whatever for whatever reason but yep uh, makes sense uh so there, sorry where were we? there are single seater and two-seater variants of the typhoon can we get a two-seater variant with optional ai real man in the back seat or pilot seat. So just for my understanding, I assumed that the two seat were trainers only. Have I got that wrong?
1: No, you're perfectly right. Um, so that is nothing we really uh, do because the uh, backseat cockpit of the uh, Typhoon is really just a repeater cockpit for an instructor pilot. So you, you see exactly what the guy in the front uh, does. Uh, you have the same screen. If he switches a screen, uh, it switches in your uh, um, back cockpit also in area cockpit, so it, it has no uh, crew concept uh, like a uh, F-14, like a Phantom or something, a Tornado, where you have different um, purposes of these people in the cockpit and doing different tasks. That is, with this with these versions uh, that are up to right now in the uh, on the market is possible to do with the Eurofighter. So it's just a repeater cockpit. So it really doesn't make sense, in my opinion, uh, to even bother. Yeah because you would, yeah, the other pe- person in the uh, in the multiplayer game wouldn't do anything, basically. You know? yeah.
0: So, so the, yeah, the questioner obviously thinks it's like a Tomcat situation where you've got a Rio doing a separate yeah. job, obviously, exactly. you're not. That's yeah. fine. Okay, question 14. Will the AIM-132 be implemented, brackets, given its superior power and range to the American AIM-9X? I'm worried it will create another AIM-54 Phoenix situation of clear. So we're talking about balancing again. And what weapon systems are looking to be available. Um, Could you please answer what the AIM-132 is and then whatever your answer that you can give, please?
1: If I'm not completely mistaken, I think the AIM-132 is the SRAM. Mm. Um, I haven't flown that one. Uh, The German one has the uh, IRST, not to be mistaken with the uh, Pirate IRST, Mm -hmm. a different missile. Um, So, yeah, obviously for the heater uh, missiles we have, in Germany, again, it's the RST, um, the British version, and I think the Italian... No, the Spanish one, I'm not sure. They have the SRAM. We're going to start off with the uh, RST for the German version to make it uh, a, a real um, heat-seeking missile, because the uh, uh, the AIM-9 was flown on the Eurofighter. I, I flew a couple of missions with it, but um, technically you can still put it on, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, the whole purpose... Uh, of the whole setup of the aircraft is that you have a, a high off-bore side capable missile like the AIM-9X um, to be queued with an, a helmet-mounted display uh, so it doesn't make sense to have uh, the older versions of the AIM-9s up there and yeah, that's my answer to it
0: basically roger yeah i'd really love to ask the question now why is the asram so much better than the aim 9x but i know it's going to take half an hour to argue and maybe we'll come back to it at the end
2: i so can't tell you that very the quickly uh, very quickly auntie uh, it's got um, a bigger rocket motor for a greater range it uses exactly the same heater at seeker head as the aim 9x except the aim 9x is a cut down version of the seeker head
0: Module So longer range, everything else is the same, basically, which would actually be pretty devastating. But anyway, let's carry on. Thank you very much, Tranche. The next question is obviously just a repeater. Um, so we'll skip that. Question 16. Frequency hopping, Link 16, and what board and refresh rate can we expect? Uh, you'd have to explain your understanding of that question and if there's an answer.
1: Yeah, Link 16, so the whole midst, uh setup uh, is just being introduced, as far as I know, the F-18. Um, into DCS, uh, the Eurofighter uses that version also very heavily. So it really makes sense in the kind of warfare that is fought. The uh, Eurofighter uh, to have a network up based on the Link 16, basically. Uh, so that is kind of vital that it comes in. Um, but again, it is just being introduced into the uh, into DCS, and we need to rely also on how that works uh, if all functions. Because it's a very complex uh, network thing, you can have a lot of uh, uh, data transmitted uh, in different packages and uh, capabilities, basically. Uh, I'm really not sure how much uh, DCS is supporting and that kind of limits then also our uh, capabilities later on. So. Yeah.
0: Roger. See how that one goes, I suppose. People have interest, we've just been asked to do what well, we've done, a recorded a video uh, looking at the refresh rate of the Link-16 system in various aircraft, and what we actually found was that the refresh rate is massively different between airframes. Um, oh, yeah. w- whether that's right or wrong in for real life, we don't know. We're, we're, we've we've uh, asked the question at the end for real pilots to come and tell us, but in DCS, uh, with the same Link-16, one plane is 3 seconds, one plane is 13 seconds. Very interesting, but anyway we shan't go on with that now question 16 uh, doesn't look like anything you can answer but anything before I move on question sorry question 17 no My job. Uh good question but uh, i understand the concern but yeah, we can't there's nothing we can do at the moment uh, question 18 how in depth are you going to go when modeling the captor and mcom system so i don't really know what that means uh, please uh, let me know your thoughts
1: Captor yeah, is just the nice uh, name that came in later on for export uh, purposes of the radar. It's The Captor is a radar system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a mechanically scanned ra- uh, radar up to now. Uh, the most mo- modern version is a electronically scanned mm-hmm. version, the E-scanned version of it, Captor-E. Uh, and uh, obviously we start with the mechanical version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and MCON basically is uh, again something uh, out of the electronic warfare suit.
0: Yeah so I mean the question is how in depth are you going to go I mean you know this you use this radar every day or well, not every day but you know what I mean you know it yeah. back to front right the mechanical dish version
1: Yeah it's just a mechanical uh, version basically uh, what we start off and it's what is uh, the widest uh, used version right now I mean it's uh, the kept their east just coming into service uh, with some nations Mhm
0: Okay, fine. Uh, question 19. Within a three-month period, when... Oh, so this is... Um, so there's this... Because I think ED or someone put a uh, shout-out that this is happening, and I think some planes don't usually get their shout-out until they're nearly ready. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking, is it going to be ready in a few weeks, a few months? I mean, we're talking many years here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, again, I think that's a, a bit of a expectation uh, management uh, issue here. Uh, obviously it's not really in like a couple of months ready uh, I guess that is definite I mean you just started the whole development process mm. um, so yes it will take quite some time and from my point of view uh, looking at for example like the f16 launch um, I really would like to to uh, release a version that is really I mean you cannot even say finish because there's basically no finish if you want to upgrade it later on uh, but a version that is uh, Bug free, you know, and is uh, nicely playable uh, from, the ska- from the start. So um, I would assume that the community also, where the version is a version that is working like it is supposed to be and uh, not something that is uh, too early released, uh, you you put your money into it and
3: uh, yeah, basically, um, yeah.
1: no, you, you don't get your product basically. I mean, so
0: it's always a tightrope because people always want it now, now, now. But if you release it now and it's not ready, you get in trouble. So it's, it's a hard one to... Mm.
1: Yeah. But again, I mean, maybe it's a bit personal issue. I don't know. But I wouldn't put my money into something that is really not, uh, not ready yet. Um, on the other hand, op- obviously, if you like, have to wait five years or so, mm. uh, that's also not interesting. So that is kind also also like a balancing issue here. Um, um, and maybe uh, as we progress through the next month, uh, we can also maybe uh, kind of have that like a discussion. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the uh, community really expects. Uh, if you want to have something really not finished, but as early as possible and put your money into it, or would you rather wait for a while and have a more capable? Uh, Roger.
0: I mean, the difficult product. difficult thing about answering the, answering the question is that half the people are going to say, I want it now, and a stripped-down version. And the other half are going to say, I'm happy to wait two years or three years. I don't think whatever you do, I just can't see any way of keeping people happy. But anyway, that's going to be be your problem, Gihl, not mine. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks. Very good. Um, Let's push on. Can we expect the full suite of air-to-air features within the sensor suite? And we've got an IE here. We've got Range Rover Search, Velocity Search, and Multi-Track While Scan. So those are different operating modes of the uh, search attack radar. Um, So I'm presuming those three modes are available on the real aircraft, is that
1: correct? Uh, I'm not even sure if I could say uh, <laughs> and Don't I, could, I can say if, I, if I'm allowed <laughs> to say this uh, but I guess so, Yeah, I mean these are really basic uh, uh, versions of a radar uh, operating mm-hmm. volume and yeah, I wouldn't, I mean we, we start again uh, building the captor uh, it's a captor function basically uh, we start to do this and for example if I look at velocity search um, I'm not sure if I yeah, I can say this. I, I've never used that. <laughs> no, I don't know anyone <laughs> who ever has in any plane. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if you want to put it in, just put the button in there, but nobody is pressing it, basically. Mm-hmm. But all the others, range while search and search and multi track. I mean, that is basic, basic uh, radar stuff that needs to be in there, obviously. Yeah.
0: Module, just a very noobish question. I've never heard of multi-track-while scan. We all know what track-while scan is, but is is that an actual phrase, multi-track-while scan? And is
1: it different Uh, to um, track-while scan? It's not a term I heard. I didn't think so. He's
0: he's just put that in there to explain kind of what track-while scan is, but that makes sense. Excellent. Okay, right. Uh, 21, can you create what Edie refers to as a Frankenstein module? Oh, so we've talked about this. Uh, before module where you will implement the newest items possible such as in Falcon BMS or are you forced to only create the newest history so you've answered this and yes you are making a Frankenstein thing like a lot of developers had
1: that's right probably if you want to I'm not sure if you would should call it a Frankenstein mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, probably it's uh, it has to end like one um, I mean in BMS uh, funnily enough uh, by the way I don't know uh, if I said this already or if I posted that information but the lead coder from uh, BMS, Uh, Is our lead coder now, Uh, so he's also working for us. Um, So he has a lot of knowledge uh, uh, on this uh, question, basically, but um, the Falcon BMS has some functions where you really can put together uh, in the first uh, initial menu what kind of version you want to fly. Um, Obviously, with the DCS, that works in a different way. Um, You just have basically one version, Mm -hmm. and so I would answer that it's not like in bms but you get uh, a hybrid version basically Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. because of real life restrictions
1: roger Mm -hmm.
0: very good um 22 can we expect the full range of air to surface features i.e ground mapping ground moving target id whatever that is and sea surface search with track while scan as well as air to surface ranging that's a complex question what have you got for us
1: but it's pretty much the same like the other question is, uh, these are functions of the captor uh, radar in, mm-hmm. uh, in air-to-ground. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we introduce the air-to-surface, uh, actually it's called in, in British uh, version, air-to-surface, mm-hmm. not air-to-ground. But as uh, then these are basic air-to-surface functions basically that come in later on also, yeah.
0: But just for my interest, um, and, you know, not just the Eurofighter, but ground-moving target ID. Is that a radar function that radars would have? They can actually...
1: Uh, I'm also not sure if that is the real term there, how that works. Mm. Uh, it looks also kind of not the very correct, like a multi-track wire scan, you know. Mm.
0: Okay, fine. Uh, right, so let's continue, shall we? At 23. Will it have data link capability that is compatible with no-to-planes? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Done. <laughs> uh, 24, will you at any point consider bottling the EJ-200 TVC nozzles? You're going to have to explain what that is, Gearho, because I don't know.
1: These TVC is thrust vectoring. Oh. Um, yeah, they are. Um, the EJ-200 is the, uh, the engine of the Eurofighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are versions with thrust vector in the uh, basement of Airbus, but not mm-hmm. on the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as there are no versions on the planet that have thrust-vectoring nozzles, we will not put it on.
0: Roger, kind of question just to you, does does the Eurofighter in Roloff actually need TVC nozzles? It's such a maneuverable plane anyway. Is it something that's actually worth it?
1: Yeah, that's also a widely discussed uh, uh, question between our pilots. Um, I would say no, because I'm completely happy with the aircraft like this I would put money into different aspects of the aircraft if I need to uh, thrust vector nozzles would not be on my highest
0: yeah exactly I can, I can understand for a big chunky you know 20 ton 25 ton fighter yeah you're gonna need it but this thing when you see it go you just don't think it need to be anyway let's carry on uh, what is your favorite thing about the Eurofighter and is there anything from your time with it that you don't like think it does worse than other aircraft? That's an interesting question.
1: Oh, yeah. That covers about 15 years of my flying mm-hmm. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, the most, yeah, my favorite thing is the power of the aircraft. I mean, it is mm-hmm. really, really amazing how that aircraft is uh, performing. Uh, on takeoff, with reheat, uh, that's o- has always been fun. Mm-hmm. Every takeoff with reheat has been fun. Uh, if you are able to climb basically within your control zone up to 30, 40,000 feet uh, with a kind of Immelmann type maneuver that is really like, I mean, it's very close to get, uh, getting into space.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's really, really fun to fly. Um, and obviously, uh, when you start uh, fighting F-16s, F-15s, that has always been really big fun with the mm-hmm. Eurofighter. Uh, what I didn't like, well mm-hmm gotta be careful who tough you to piss say. off here yeah tough to say i mean uh, not always everything works as perfect as it should mm-hmm. and uh, there's for example like in the very first versions you had uh, something uh, it's called a dirty handover when the computers uh hand over information and it doesn't nicely it's dirty and then hold the whole uh, uh MHDD uh, information uh, was blacked out and came back like ten seconds later or mm-hmm. so. Uh, and you have you you put up all your uh, situational awareness. You're king in heaven. Everything is running nicely. You have uh, four people targeted and everything is fine. This happens and everything is gone. Mm. And you're just the stupidest guy in the sky. Mm. Can turn around and do all this again.
0: Mm. That
1: I didn't like. That would drive me nuts.
0: Yeah. welcome to dcs <laughs> i'm not gonna say it Wagner yeah. <laughs> i can kill me uh excellent um yeah i mean just speaking about the the impressiveness uh, kinematically one of the uh reasons i'm like the eurofighter so much is uh, i'm not really much of a tech guy i'm not really into the sensors and stuff but the pure kinematic power of the eurofighter really gets me if you go and just, just go into your basic Wikipedia search compare its basic power to weight ratio in a certain configuration compared to almost everything, and it beats it. It's uh, it's a real piece of kit. Uh, impresses yeah. Roger. Okay, guys. Uh, Twenty six. Will you model the real Urified Arsenal, and we've kind of been here, uh, Brimstones, etc. Uh, or will it be stuff that's already modeled in DCS? And the answer is you don't know. But anything you want to add to that? No. Roger. Twenty seven. What? oh god time frame talked about it um will the module have full virtual reality
1: support oh yeah definitely um that is something i mean I, when i'm using dcs i'm only using it with the uh, vr headset so
0: yeah that's
1: fine uh, that's just me i mean a lot of guys are using track ir or something yeah um I love the uh, VR stuff, so definitely I will do this. Yeah,
0: Roger, very good. I'm not sure this is a relevant question with globalization and whatnot, but where is True grit based out of? Is it just where you come from, or
1: if I read that question correctly, it's based out of my uh, my office, my home office, basically my home. Um, <laughs> the whole the whole team is uh, spread across yeah, exactly. Germany, exactly. so. Yeah.
0: Are they all Germans? I was gonna, oh, I've was going to. i got questions about the team later, but are they all in Germany physically? Up to now, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. How interesting. Oh, we'll come to the back to that, I think. Um, how? Oh, well, Someone's already asked it. How many people are on your team and how has the team broken down in terms of roles?
1: Yeah, we have, uh, I think we put that also in the FAQ, uh, around 15 people right now on our team and i mean i guess it's a standard uh, um, rule uh, uh, that they have like uh, artists 3d artists and uh, coders subject matter experts uh, so that's uh, how you normally set up these kind of teams
2: mm-hmm.
0: and
1: that's how we are set up
0: are there a lot of dts programmers in germany or because every dts coder seems to speak or speak to seems to be out of germany it drives me nuts it's like where's all the others
1: uh, you need to find them
0: i <laughs> <laughs> don't know what it is about that country i swear well um uh, cool right let's carry on uh, are there any other future oh god this is a bit early but any future modules you were thinking of would like to work on in the future in dcs uh
1: right now i don't <laughs> um, we are concentrating on the eurofighter i mean this at some point in history uh, finished, then I could think of a lot of stuff I would to do, would like to do, but uh, we are not playing on this right now.
0: Watch gotcha. out. Uh, right. Very good. Uh, is there anything that you will not be able to use in DTS from the real-world aircraft due to military confidentiality? Uh, classific- classific- you know what I'm trying to say. And I'm guessing the answer is going to be lots, but anything you want to mention specifically?
1: I guess we talked about this already. <laughs>
0: Roger. Next is one of my questions as well. Um, not one of mine, but it answers my question. Will the Typhoon have, the inverted quotes, super maneuverability, whatever quantifies that, I've never actually worked out. And will it be able to do a Cobra? And and what will be the max G? So there's actually some interesting questions in here. First of all, uh, what are the official negative and plus G
1: loadings, please? You must, that,
0: you must know that off by heart.
1: That is correct here. Minus three plus nine is, is correct. And can you exceed yeah. that? Uh, actually, we can. Um, actually, I did. <laughs> uh, but the aircraft doesn't like it. And mm-hmm. it uh, there's an intentional right it could do. Um, but again, then the aircraft would report that and it's not too, uh, all too good for the uh, airframe.
3: Yeah. The
1: health structure monitoring. Uh, a Cobra maneuver is not possible because the uh, the flight computer does not allow uh, air speeds at that s- low speed, basically, because mm-hmm. it's, it's so unstable aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the airflow, if you would fly basically uh, backwards, or at least apart uh, in a post stall regime, the computer will always uh, prevent that. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- super maneuverability, if you if that was the intention, question. Uh, if you're able to do a cora, uh, then definitely not. Again, co- the computer does not allow this. But to be very clear, that cora is. Really nice airshow. Um, it looks imp- really impressive. I always like I love to th- see this, but uh, in real combat, you need really an uh, extremely rare case where
3: mm-hmm.
1: the- it's a, is a, a valid, mode, let's say. Yeah,
0: you know. yeah. I mean, we've had th- just so. think think how many virtual dogfights we've had. You know, hundreds, hundreds, and people have tried the Cobra several times, and every time it's ended up in their demise. Either they've crashed. Yeah or it just makes you an easy target because you've slowed it's down. It. As soon as you slow down, it's you're it. dead. Um, so the only t- time it's ever work is when we've per- purposefully faked it, if you know what I mean. So there's a guy, you know, two metres behind you. Uh, yeah. And, that. and uh, Again, there is, uh, there is something out of that. Uh, to perform super manoeuvrability in a flanker, um, what they do is they can actually remove the pitch... Um, stability, the pitch, yeah. uh, fly-by-wire, temporarily to allow you to do something crazy like a cobra. Is that possible in the Eurofighter, or is it sensibly not possible? No, no I didn't think no, so. Yeah. No right very good okay let's carry on guys uh will it be this will it be the same in terms of graphics compared to other high detail aircraft and dcs this is something that's quite a big thing to me now i've never been a graphical kind of guy uh however an aircraft has come out recently called a jeff 17 jf-17, JF-17. Um, it's a good plane it's a great plane to fly however the graphics aren't that good and it's kind of ruined it a little bit for me uh hence i've kind of kicking your shin here to make sure that you get your graphics really good any comments oh, yeah. on that
1: uh, if you've seen the uh, the pictures of our cockpit details like the oh, stick yeah. the mhdds that is basically our final uh, detail that's version. top
0: notch yeah that's f14 style yeah. top notch yeah
1: yeah that is uh, where the whole model will end up uh, the outside uh, is not yet up to this uh, high detailed level, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we put that in uh, to start with and that will be, um, over time, remodeled, basically. Um, yeah. But that is uh, by purpose, basically, to be able to uh, show you something and uh, operate it initially. I mean, on our side, in the testing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but again, the, uh, the level of detail, if you take the pictures from the cockpit uh, that I posted, uh, that is the detail level we, we can do. Basically. Roger,
0: I'm glad you said that because it means I don't get myself in trouble because I was saying nasty things about the uh, the way it looks from the outside. So it looks very good inside, but very bad outside uh, with the promo shots that came through. So I'm okay. I can relax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I don't, I don't think they're so bad, please. My graphic artist would, you know, <laughs> don't get. Like
0: hey, but, look, yeah. it wouldn't be me if I wasn't in trouble so okay
1: okay
0: uh, right let's carry on guys uh will it be the same <laughs> will only the german version of the aircraft be available or are you doing british uh spanish italian versions you've talked about that but anything you want to add to that yeah. no beautiful uh do you have future plans for that other... we've talked about that uh, okay. most of typhoon technology is still classified this will be a challenge for true grit to reproduce an authentic representation in a real plane we've talked about that anything you want to add no how detailed will be the EOS? Apologize, what's the EOS, guys? Uh, I
1: don't know, even. Anyone? What is Electro
0: optical system, IRST, and you don't have oh, it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah okay. Um, uh, nothing you want to add to that? Well, no. No. Nope. 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 That's fine. Um, I mean, it's actually an interesting, interesting question. If ever we do get the IRST, how accurate would it, would it be modeled to the real thing? Yeah. Does anyone even know? A pilot probably wouldn't even know exactly how yeah, exactly. accurate it is. <laughs> interesting. let yeah. um, okay. carry on, uh, 39. Will it be in the single... Se- we've already said it's the single sequence, <laughs> any active one, or both. In this case, will it be... Okay, it's just people misunderstanding. We've cleared that one up. Will voice... Now, this is an interesting one. Will voice-activated systems be implemented? First question is, obviously, is that a real thing
1: in the aircraft? Oh, yeah. Uh, it came out, out uh, with it's called DVI Direct Voice Input. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: it's like your a, a smartphone basically. Unfortunately, from the beginning on, it uh, didn't work like ah. a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, nice. uh, that really uh, gave me some gray hairs uh, mm-hmm. in my head there. Um, I mean, obviously, it works. It's working now nowadays. Um, it's an inc- interesting thing. I mean, the whole cockpit, you need to know that the whole cockpit uh, design, basically, of the Eurofighter, it was designed to have a voice-activated uh, input there. Mm. Um, so some of the uh, functions were designed by the technicians, basically, by the engineers, uh, that you know that you would speak with the aircraft. So the uh, the mechanical pressing buttons version is kind of uh, clumsy, and but you can speak to it and... You know, it, it works nicely. As long as it doesn't work nicely on, this, on the speech input, and that's what happened in the beginning a lot of times, you're getting really frustrated how switches work, because you don't know even that it's supposed to work in a, in a voice setup. So some functions in the Eurofighter are really uh, kind of strange. If you compare it with an F-16, for example, you say, why, why did I put this switch like this? And it could be much easier then it's because it was maybe supposed to be a voice-activated function. Yes. Um, we want to introduce that voice uh, system also, because nowadays with the computer power, we can do the DCS side probably. It works much better than the Eurofighter in the beginning, probably. On the other hand, um, the DVI system, as far as I know, is even with the uh, later versions from the aircraft, because it. Didn't bring all the uh, advantages it should have, um, mm-hmm. and if you imagine, for example, I mean, you probably know in your uh, setups when you fly in a mm-hmm. ship, or s- set up something. If the aircraft also s- talks to you a lot, and you're talking to the aircraft to make it work, I mean, you you still have to listen to all the other guys mm-hmm. happening there, uh, so it can be very you know distracting, and you you you're falling back basically to your Manually operated switches again.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, so. I'll be interested to, to hear your experiences on that because we have our own DVI in DCS. It's, uh, it's an unofficial. I know. I know. Yeah, um, I the problem, and it had all of the. Uh, it was. It was. It was. Um, um, it works okay in certain situations so for instance if a single so we do multiplayer as you know if a single player guy uh, goes and sets the uh, whatever it's called voice attack up and then he goes and does his fight and use it generally it's fine now the problem with us because things get really intense with our big flights yeah. my voice changes when action happens <laughs> and it can't recognize me anymore and yeah, exactly. I, I get angry at it. And the problem is, yeah, as soon as you get in real combat, it almost comes irrelevant because, because it can't recognize you and it's just not smart enough. And it ended up becoming more you know, of a hindrance than that should yeah. help. I get that mm-hmm. horrible feeling. That's how it happened in The Real Typhoon. Um,
1: but this is, again, it's an interesting question because it's it's in the Eurofight. It has been from the beginning, basically. Mm. Uh, so if you want to make it a real representation of what's what's happened in the beginning and up to now, then obviously you would have to introduce it into your model and DCS also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though maybe, you know, you come very soon to the conclusion it doesn't help you very much. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, (laughs) I hope you don't do it. Put it that way, because I've had some strong words with my DVI and it's found it very frustrating. But okay, very good. We'll leave that there. Um, Have you considered... Sorry, I've lost where we are. Uh, 41. Have you considered putting into the package a suitably capable... A.I. plane to fight since Typhoon in theory should run rings around most existing DCS modules. I don't actually understand that question. Does anyone... Do you understand that, Gearho? No. (laughs) Let's try it again. It could be an interesting question. How... Have you considered putting into the package a suitably capable A.I. plane to fight since Typhoon in theory should run rings... What do you guys think, guys?
2: What it I means think... is, instead of like, uh, poor, normal, excellent, have you got like, super uber AI pilot to fight against? Right,
3: 16 and 18 will be an easy match for people learning that aircraft. I think he's talking about maybe a 2D aircraft that's AI piloted up against it. I don't get it.
2: So, so as so far you know, as I understand... understand yes, we fight against the AI. I mean, what's all- what... PVE. Oh, what
1: how DCS works is if you have a uh if you have the AI plane it doesn't really work like your own uh, flight model you have no, a flight model a s- and a, Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the question. Also, I see.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's a big thing. It's one of our big complaints in DCS is that we hate dogfighting mainly dogfight against the AI because they have different physics that they work to. So you see us chasing our Spitfire against an AI Focke-Wulf and the Focke-Wulf can turn tighter than us because it's got a different yeah. physics engine. And it's very frustrating for us guys that know very well that a focke can't turn like that. Um, yeah. and, and it is just a DCS thing. If I go to IL-2, it doesn't do that. Uh, so I assume it's saying, can you have a better AI flight model for the Typhoon? But as far as I'm aware, you don't get any say in that, or do you? I don't know how it works.
1: Well, as far as I know from our programmers, uh, you, you basically... You program two versions, the simplified flight model and the uh, the advanced one, basically, that you really then operate. Mm. Um, really tough to answer for me as not mm. being the, the lead coder here, but mm-hmm. I think for me it would make sense that both versions are uh, to the max extent the same, basically, and where DCS doesn't allow some parameters to be put in, then you can't, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure. We'll so see how it goes? I think it's an issue of DCSM. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is. Maybe it will change. Maybe it won't. But we'll see. Okay, guys, let's push on. Uh, I think we've already talked about this, but how will captor E radar be implemented? As almost all of its, yeah. uh, we're, we're it's capital E the brand new one from I pick, kind of picked yeah, up. Yeah, the, e- the
1: electronically scanned
0: one. Yeah. Uh, and we're not. Uh, we probably won't be getting that. I'm guessing because uh, you're no, going to get mechanical no. one, aren't you?
1: Not for a while.
0: Roger. Okay, very good. Oh, this is one I understand. Did you ever try Did's EF two thousand series sim? This is my first simulator. This is what got me into got Sims a long time ago. Beautiful simulator. Well, at the time, if you went back to it, it looks shit now. But or even its predecessor, TFX, which also had the Eurofighter. What's your answer to that, Gearho?
1: It's a very simple one. Of course. Of course, he
0: did. <laughs> And yeah. all the way back then, you paid your twenty bucks or whatever it was, and you got a fully, yeah. you're Scandinavia, you got a fully oh. dynamic campaign, and
2: yeah, yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. It was so and cool. A box with a manual.
0: It. Yeah, it was really good. I yeah. really liked it. I still got oh, it. You
2: want to borrow it? Yeah? By <laughs> oh, the way, I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I've still got it. Do you want to borrow it?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I do also. Yeah. I need to s- look for my uh, attic. here all the way back then,
0: in the mid-90s or whenever it was, I was firing AMRAMs before even AMRAMs were real, I think. <laughs> well, not quite, but it was a really yeah. interesting thing. Okay, very good. Um, you'll have to explain what this means. To what extent is the DAS likely to be implemented?
1: That is the uh, defensive aid subsystem. Um, it's basically your radar warner and the, all the equipment it, uh, that does the uh, your protection of your aircraft, uh, like missile approach warner and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there something
0: special about that? Well, I'm just wondering why they brought this up. It's not a normal thing to bring up. Is there something special about the DAS That, for instance, an F16 is it intelligent or something like that?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you again, it's like all the other questions. Also, if I mean, it's a very complex system in the uh, in the latest. Um, again, comprising of. Uh, uh, laser warners, uh, missile approach warners, uh, toad decoy. Mm. Uh, uh, the whole thing is sensor fused, obviously, mm-hmm. to make it a, a logical thing to uh, to indicate what's happening around you. Um, and again, that uh, that's like the other questions. Um, certainly not in the beginning, like with all functions.
0: Roger, understood. How do you feel about being the tip of the spear, leading the innovation, Ooh. pushing today's air simulations forward. So I'm guessing he means, as in you've got the newest plane in DCS. So I'm, I'm guessing that's what he means.
1: Uh, well, I just can't say, it may, may, hopefully it makes me proud, <laughs> <laughs> but we need to get there. <laughs> I mean, it's good to, be, I, I'm happy that we started this process and uh, um, I hope we get as far as we want to. And then we are maybe the tip of the spear, but first we need to do our job and uh, get it on
0: basically. get it in the air. Well, yeah, a lot of people watching you, but that's good. That's what you want. Yeah. Okay, forty-six. On the whole subject of balancing, probably well, is that something you should be considering? As we want a fully realistic simulation of a Eurofighter, not something that's dumbed down slightly or made worse for the purpose of multiplayer balance. How one-to-one? How one-to-one simulation will this be? So it's a it's A question again, really. Are you gonna really tailor it? to not upset people in dts or are you going to add all the bells and whistles and to be honest whatever answer you give to that you'll be called wrong and you'll get people shouting at you um anything else you want to we've already discussed it but anything else you want to talk about
1: yeah first of all not everybody will ever notice if something is tailored Yep. and uh, if we have to tailor something then it's because of the uh, classification issues
0: Roger, very good 47. Please tell Giro greetings from uh, an old 71st (laughs) winger F4F mechanic, 1998 to 2002. Salute. But he didn't say his name. So Who is it? I don't know. Tell me. We'll we'll, we'll have to get you two in touch, (laughs) I think. Yeah. There's there's a salute. There's a salute. Uh, 48. Does the flight characteristics and stall characteristics modelled if all flight conditions are of high AOA. Let me just try that again. Does the flight characteristics and stall characteristics modelled if all flight conditions of high AOA, high MAC, high altitude, high G loading, if fairly accurate, then how close do you think in terms of a percentage? It's actually an interesting question. So in terms of those things they've talked about, in a percentage, how close do you think you could possibly get it?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if we can... Uh qualify that into a uh, quantify I, into I a really percentage not. no idea uh in fact i mean we don't have the uh cost codes from Airbus or so uh, we just make it a representation like with mm. every module and dcs it's a representation and it needs to feel right basically mm-hmm. i mean we will we have a lot of subject matter experts uh, i flew it for 15 years so as long as the eurofighter pilots the real ones with it say that's how it flies basically uh, I really don't care if it is a true representation because if it feels right, then it feels right. Roger. So, so I don't care about the percentage. Um, stall characteristics is very easy to answer because it doesn't stall. Again, computer uh, sure doesn't let you stall. Um, so we we want to put in, put in the flight module everything we can to make it as realistic as it feels uh, in, in the real aircraft.
0: Roger. Um, of course one thing that we do here is that we we, we try and hold all developers to account so for instance uh, an F16 comes out so the first thing that we do is we jump in it and we test its maximum uh, sustained turned rate at a certain drag index and a certain weight etc yep. and we make sure it's uh, it, you know it works with the official EM charts and that way we can actually quantify that the flight model at least in the parameters I'm checking in are yep. perfect and one good one good thing we've got with DCS is that there I do capture some people out and they've always changed their model after they've caught them out they never say thank you but they just do it um, <laughs> <laughs> I notice um, uh, but um, <laughs> I do catch people out. So I will be checking, Giro, don't think you can get away with
1: it. No, I mean, that that wasn't what I said. I mean, perfect if you do it. And I I really want this feedback. I mean, then you're also one of our beta testers or something. Uh, But uh, of course, I mean, we want to hit the uh, the parameters uh, that are available, open publicly available, of course, uh, to make it um, that you can test it and say, well, it's correct. It says here in the manual, mm-hmm. there's so many degrees per second, so that it needs to do with so many degrees per second, obviously. Roger. Uh, but again, uh, there's still a really uh, difference between the paper and how it flies and feels. Uh, so. That's
0: a very good point. And that's why you're here in the project, because you're the only one that can tell us that, aren't you? One of the guys. Yep. Of the guys. <laughs> Roger. Okay, fair enough. Okay, let's move on, guys. Um, uh, where did we get to? Uh, 49. How do you start work on such a complex module? Interesting question. I presume you first need to gather a massive amount of info and permits before you even start. Can you tell us how it's done after? Is it a hollow shell created uh, and, then and then modules and systems fitted in or your team works on all aspects of the plane at the same time? Interesting question.
1: Yeah, you need to do a lot of research, obviously, and we're doing this uh, since more than a year already. Um, and this, then you need to, you know, I, I'm not sure how I can say this, but obviously, if you if you imagine that I'm a Eurofighter, really, really detailed knowledge of this aircraft, uh, my problem is that I cannot use all this knowledge yes. because, right? So I need to find a lot of information that is not to be able to show you uh, something. Like I said, if, you, if I find a YouTube where kept the works, then I can let mm. the programmers uh, reverse engineer that, and that's what you get basically. If, it- we, if we don't have any other information, for example, right? Uh, if we have publicly available information, nice. The people we have in our team, like. put it also, I guess, in the FAQs, like two physics uh, PhDs, they are really smart guys, and they can reverse engineer flight modules uh, really nicely. And if you showcase a U fighter on an airshow, fly around in circles and show what the aircraft can do, really smart people can reverse engineer pretty m- every number, basically. Yeah. So uh, if you're willing to showcase your aircraft, your capabilities, then smart people around the planet can can know how this how this works, right? I mean, every. Potential enemy uh, that there is uh, on whatever side uh, does exactly the same thing, right? You you showcase something, and they say, "Yeah, I, I think I know." Works and intelligent people can reverse engineer a lot of stuff, uh, but obviously you need to do a lot of research. Information in the first place, you know, to start off, and that's what we did.
0: Roger, yeah, it's a very interesting place you're coming from. Almost knowing too much. Uh, yeah. It's just the opposite way <laughs> opposite, opposite way around that I, I have, but interesting. Very good. Um, okay, let's punch on uh, 50. What is the EF going to give to DCS, in your opinion? And is it going to change the game and disrupt the balance? I know we've talked about this before. The first bit's a bit interesting. Uh, what is the EF going to give to DCS? Do you have a, an interesting answer for that or anything you want to add to that?
1: Well, at least it should give you the most modern aircraft that is around. Up to now, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is worthy of you know, flight zimmen. It, I mean, you're all enthusiasts in, uh, in this regime, so hopefully, you're, you enjoy them. The newest model, pacing this around um, it is a very, as I said earlier, very nice air co- handles very nicely if you do uh, air combat, even if you do just DFM type, uh, maybe even with a gunfight or something, you will have a. You will have a blast i mean a great aircraft obviously you still need uh, to know how to operate that i mean you, you can have the most modern aircraft there and if you're kind of a noob you know you will not fu- uh, win the fight <laughs> yeah so but the aircraft is so easily to fly it's, it's a really nice aircraft probably. and it's a very modern aircraft so that should give dcs something i think awesome. already. Yeah. and it has a large potential. Uh, if it is possible for later versions, and then we are coming to the balancing issue, you know. So, I would hope that due to the uh, introduction of Eurofighter into DCS, maybe start uh, a little arms race that the red side also is introducing more, and that pretty much helps everyone, I guess.
0: Watch out. Is anyone hearing Gearho breaking up a bit on his mic now?
1: Yeah. A firm.
0: Have you got a sensitivity threshold set on your mic in Discord, Gearho?
1: Uh, I did, but can you hear me now?
0: Yes, you seem okay now. Well, as the interview's got on, you've got slowly got a little bit quieter, as is natural, obviously. And, ah, okay. you, and your voice has started breaking up, probably due to dB threshold. Uh, okay, okay. Somewhere, somewhere off. Okay, guys, um, I'm going to crack on um how do you keep your team safe in those crazy time in these crazy times can't be easy as you have to meet loads of people it's an interesting question um for anyone watching this in the future we're going through covid19 and we're all in lockdown uh are they all working from home or just rules and separations and is it going to push the project release date back um anything interesting there to talk about
1: yeah that's really easy to answer because it's Zero change for us because we are all working across, uh, as I said, Germany in various homes and home offices and basements and whatever. Um, for some people, I um, just met them via uh, VTCs. So for us, it's a really normal way of operating right now.
0: Roger, exactly the same with us. Nothing's changed at all. It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit weird, actually, because everyone else is running <laughs> around and we're like, something's happened. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Right. Uh, anyway, um, uh, where are we? What Was there an emergency arrester hook ever in- engineered for the EF? And what about one in DCS?
1: Uh, there is one. Hmm. It is not like the F4 one that you can use on a carrier, or an F14, basically. Uh, but it has the functionality. Uh, uh, in the real world, I even used it once. I hit the cable once. <laughs> um so it is in there and obviously we need to put it in also then.
0: very good don't do what f16 has done and not allow us to use it anyway that was a small dig uh what we'll use did it see? on a carrier we'll use it on carrier. we'll get that ef landing on a carrier don't tell him for god's sake was there uh, only one was there only one engine option for the ef and if not what engines we are going to get in the fight i didn't understand that oh was there only ever one engine i think it was always the ej200 wasn't it uh uh
1: there is uh and has been always only the one uh version that is in there right now Uh, so maybe there's talk on a uh, phase enhancement version later on that's the same discussion with like the uh, thrust vectoring version. Mm. It's not in there yet, up to
0: now. Roger. It's not really a plane that needs more power, to be honest. Any chance...
2: 20,000 yeah. pounds of thrust on each engine.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not the power of the engine, it's the lightness of the frame compared to that. Exactly. A- any chance of a visor on the helmet that is darkening the sunlight when flying into sunny missions? I'm not quite sure. Is, is there something special about your helmet? Is it... He, the in no. the,
1: I, I, I mean it's it's a helmet mounted display helmet uh from now on basically for everyone um the striker helmet um but it has obviously a dark visor but I'm not sure does it mean I mean I, I have to ask the question myself is there a dark visor in uh in-
0: the harrier oh. has
1: one is there the harrier okay yeah I didn't know
0: I mean, I assumed he means, is it, is it uh, can you have in a fighter uh, one that automatically darkens? Like you know, you get glasses in real life that can automatically oh, I darken, see. but I, I didn't think such thing existed in any fighter visors. Uh, but
1: to be honest, I don't know. Never mm, heard of
0: this. Let's just push on guys anyway, a bit of a weird one. What will be the change in the flagging characteristics if the front canards are battle damaged? How important? Are they for the flight envelope? Well, they're everything, obviously. Uh, I'll let you answer in a second, but just out of interest. And this isn't really... I'm not having a popper um, heat here. It's not really their fault. But uh, you can, in a multiplayer mission, get the Vigan, blow both front canards off. I know they're not canards, but you know what I mean, the four-plane type things. Four blow them both off, and then fly home and land. It's just its just uh, different parts of DCS miscommunicating with each other. Uh But out of interest, so he's saying if you do get the canards battle damage or blown off, will you actually be able to fly it? It's actually an interesting question when you think about it.
1: Uh, Knowing the real aircraft, that will not be possible. So, I mean, Mm. the whole flight model is is, is based on that (laughs) functionality. I've never really uh, seen anything written about it, uh, as far as I know from the... uh, from the flight computer, if, that, if these bows, uh, four planes would be gone, I would very much assume that the aircraft uh, departs immediately.
0: Right, well, so even if just the, the actuators go for, them, for those, then that's it, that's the end of it?
1: I would say so. Hmm,
0: how interesting. Okay, fine, makes sense. Well, there's your they answer, guys.
2: They move during flight, don't they? Yeah. Of oh,
1: yeah. oh yeah, definitely. And they move in a very partic- uh, peculiar way, if you look at them, because they work in the different, exactly opposite direction, like you would expect due to the instability of the aircraft. That's one of the moves I always showed my students in the aircraft, uh, flying in the air, then uh, slow speed, high airway. And I said, now uh, uh, pull your stick back and watch the uh, four planes and tell me what you expect them to do. And they were always exactly oppositely wrong. Hmm. Because the the aircraft is so unstable, it really wants to flip over. Okay, mm. so you need to you need to force it to fly straight and level with the uh, foreplanes. So if you introduce a back stick pull on the aircraft, it really then says, "Ah, finally, I can do what I'm built for." So it really starts to flip over because the uh, the tailer uh, the uh, um, the ones in the back they. Uh, they give the initial movement and the, the nose pitches up violently basically. And the uh, foreplanes, they move immediately into the opposite direction and say, Okay, that is probably too much, I need to counteract that already. So if you see a Eurofighter picture with an aircraft is high, AOS, the foreplanes are pitch and the picture it looks like they're in the wrong direction. But it's, it's correct. Never thought about that before.
0: Do they have any, any role authority? Are they purely pitch?
1: Pure pitch. Hmm.
0: Interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how that works out in DTS. when are thinking about it. Um, okay, very good. Uh, so that's that. Uh, can you override some of the limitation systems on the EF? All I can think of there is fly-by-wire. Do you interpret that any differently?
1: You can't. No, that's it. Would be, it would immediately part if you try to fly it? Roger.
0: Yeah, because we've been trying to do similar things on the F eighteen and the F sixteen as well. And it, other than a very particular case of stalling, where you can get some extra uh, yeah. elevator function, um, no, you can't override. Very good. Um, what would be the way the fighter behavior if one engine is lost? Delta wing plus two engines, so we have no idea. Do you understand that question?
1: Yeah, I would assume if you if you're just single. End- basically, oh. if the aircraft is still flying or if it's still mm. capable. Uh, the funny thing is, we always, as a Eurofighter pilot, answer to this. Uh, if you lose one engine, it starts to begin to feel like a tornado. Ah, please quantify that. <laughs> <laughs> tornado with two good engines and full reheat, that's like a Euro-
0: Oh, I see. Right, very good. <laughs> Right. Putting the boot in there to some uh, Tornado pilots, right? Yeah. Very good. Um, just, uh, if the EF is a big computer doing all uh, for you, do you still have to align, I'm guessing he means INS, the jet yeah. before takeoff? Uh,
1: yes, you do. You don't necessarily, but you, you will and you should.
0: Roger. Can, can you tell me, then why, if you've got this this lovely fancy modern jet, still are we using INS? Why isn't it completely GPS now?
1: Again, it can operate on that, uh, but the INS also does some other basic functions as a backup, and backup is always good.
2: Roger. In war, GPS will be the first thing to be jammed, and it's mm. very easy to jam GPS.
1: For example, yeah. So you want something on board okay yeah. all right so
0: it's a okay Yep. i guess that makes sense uh right uh line of the ship for takeoff where uh, w- where we can look for the best performance this is an interesting one actually low or high level um so where can we find the best kinematic performance low level or high level for example the vegan only basically goes down low if you try and go up high it just doesn't work uh how would you describe the Eurofighter in 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 terms of that envelope
1: yeah that's also kind of easy because the whole design uh, purpose of the aircraft was to be a high altitude uh, supersonic uh, uh, intercept fighter that was uh, the initial uh idea of the uh, flight model and it really really feels well at 30 40,000 feet you can do a lot of air combat in this regime that you can't do with a lot of aircraft you cannot do mm-hmm. uh if you fight if you fight for example rafales or grippens at 30 40,000 feet that's really fun mm. because they're they they do not have enough power and the uh mm-hmm. that is that is the main advantage of the uh, and the main purpose also of that kind of uh, super instability because the aircraft is so maneuverable and so slick uh, with the controls because it wants to fly these uh, curves. And it really handles with this uh, 50 square meter wing, um, even the thin air. It's a high altitude fighter. So uh, it's spec it's up to 60,000 feet and it really uh, flies really nicely up there still. So gotcha. it's a high altitude fighter. For low altitude issues, uh, the engines were not really built for this. Uh, they're using, in comparison to the high altitude, too much fuel. Because it's designed also for uh, to be a high altitude
0: engine, Roger. and that's the thing. That's, I mean, why
1: can, that's why you can super cruise also with like Mach one point three, for example, on max drive power. Um, so it's it's designed to be up there.
0: And what kind of loading uh, would could we super cruise at in terms of um, payload?
1: Uh, there are no internal base, so actually you can put everything on. Hmm. Obviously, then if you put uh, three bags and missiles and everything on. Uh, uh, super cruise is by the way it's like it's more like a uh, a showcase term it doesn't yeah, make yeah. much sense also to super cruise, no. basically you know so I mean, it's like, uh, what a, you want, like
0: a top speed claim no one ever goes top speed
1: it's just an interesting claim. yeah exactly but what is important and the eurofighter is really capable of doing is that you push through mark very fast get your pitch up get high altitude because it's good for long-range missiles and you need to do this very quickly if you then can supercruise and uh, save some fuel, basically, that's a function, but uh, it's only a question of how fast, basically, the speed is building backwards up or so. Mm. I mean, there, you, you wouldn't supercruise for like half an mm. three through, uh, through the world, basically. That doesn't make technically sense.
0: Mm. Right, okay. So what we're going to do in our Eurofighter is a zoom climb up to 40k and then just hover about there like big vultures. I found, exactly. it, I found it really interesting I'm Matt. I'm Sorry, I'm under the
2: impression also that with with the three bags on uh, they're capable of 9g so you can BVR with the three bags although obviously you'd get a little bit of extra drag but the, ty- the typhoon just has so much power that, that that's available is that is that
1: oh yeah that's true I mean if you if you put it obviously in 9g you're not capable feed with a uh, three bag configuration to sustain 9g so not you're not uh, but lower altitude you are uh, so, and the aircraft is doing that uh, really nicely.
0: Roger. Okay, that answers that, guys. Um, mm. Let's blast through the last few. How, um, how it mounted site and display system to be implemented. Already answered that. Um, how are you financing the project? Are you putting all your own money or do you have investors slash partners? Interesting question.
1: Uh, we do have partners, yeah. It's what? not my personal money all in there
0: roger did you get the opportunity to take part in the certification for ag gbus of the german eurofighter and do you think that it can compare to the fa18 super hornet slash growler slash ids ef once it is
1: introduced i think i didn't get that question correctly
0: so who asked this it might be asked it was
2: me send i was just wondering if you ever took place in the certification of the Eurofighter in using
1: air-to-ground weapons in general, and ah. how you think this is comparing to the, well, since it's now decided more or less that Germany is buying super uh, F-18s and the uh, IDS Eurofighter as well, how those will compare? Uh, interesting, yeah. I did all the uh, initial application uh, for the air version in the 2003 uh, region. Uh, I mean, I, I was part of it. Uh, I didn't do the ed- stuff, because by that time I was already uh, doing also staff jobs, and uh, so you know, not I, I mean, I flew through all the uh, 15 years of my career. I flew basically uh, at least on paper every day, um, but I didn't do the at-to-surface uh, ed- qualification stuff, so not me personally. I mean, I was obviously uh, part of the whole Eurofighter community, but did the missions, if that's what is asked uh for the uh, for the other versions uh, because i am not sure uh, i'm not a pro uh, on the f18 echo or growler version so i'm also kind of interested how that is compares i'm, I'm not sure okay thanks
0: roger okay uh we've come to the end of the question the official questions uh, we'll have a few questions that we've built up so we'll ask them before i go into them it's um it's kind of so desperate to ask you about like when you were talking about uh, high-level fighting with uh, Rafales and Grippens and stuff like that. It's so desperate to go into that. But I think maybe if one day we can get you back for another interview about real flying, not virtual flying. I think that would be oh, yeah. um, that would be really interesting. I could get the feeling the viewers really want that. So let me know if you want that, viewers. Um, a couple of questions from me that I've picked up. Uh, one uh, regarding obviously to make this aircraft in DCS and sell it, uh, I've got recently a lot into licensing and copyright and stuff like that. Um, uh, do You have to get a lot of, do you have to get licensing a copyright from the guys that is it the guys that built the airplane or how does that work roughly?
1: Yeah, as I said before, uh, we have a copyright contract with the Eurofighter um, Jagdflugzeug GmbH. Mm. Um, so that we can use really the name and sell the aircraft as a uh, as a name, basically also for DCS. Uh, so that is kind of important because there's a lot of stuff going on which is showcased uh, in the name of Eurofighter, which is maybe not really licensed. Uh, so we have no problem on that side, and obviously on the, there are some manufacturers uh, that are not covered by that and we need to talk to these guys individually but uh, it's good to have the um, the overall uh, selling agency uh, uh, in your contract so uh, we're kind of happy with it
0: very good and my uh, last question which is always an interesting one is going to be what is your favorite plane but let me quantify that so excluding flight planes that you've flown in your career of any plane in history which would you really like to fly the most?
1: You mean by what I really like? And
0: yeah, so is it uh, is it an old one hundred and nine? Is it you know? It could could be anything. What do you really like as a person? What I
1: really like, what are, my most favorite aircraft of all time is the F fourteen. Ah, and why is that? And yeah, I mean, I was really happy that it was introduced into really, uh, but I wouldn't go to fight and uh, to war with it. I would go over
0: the Eurofighter. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard work flying an F-14 just in a simulator. Imagine what that's like in real life. God, can you imagine? It's it's, it's yeah. hard work. Right, excellent, great answer. Uh, that's all my questions. Um, open it up to the group now uh, before we shut down. Group, any questions you've accumulated?
3: I have two questions. Send. So right. uh, one's about your personal experience with the Eurofighter. Uh, True grip. Um, I used to make parts for Eurofighter in the UK. Uh, for a company that I won't mention because I'm no longer a part of them, um, there was a, a problem with some of these parts, and it caused an issue in the UK. And so many aircraft, uh, a number I'm not going to say, were grounded. Um, did did that ever cause a knock-on effect for Germany? Did you ever pr- have problems with your aircraft? Uh, and basically, what I'm trying to ask is, you know, were you absolutely confident in your your airframe? Uh,
1: I, I, maybe I missed which part you mean. Which part of the aircraft was a problem? But we did have in the uh, in the beginning. Uh, a lot of problems with the aircraft and we were grounded for quite some months and that was annoying, but I guess with the new aircraft mm. that's uh, how the cookie crumbles, basically.
3: Yeah, we think it was a factor of why the Tornado stayed in service for so long was because of these small problems with the Eurofighter at the beginning. My other question is about uh, the game. Uh, obviously the Eurofighter has quite a large GPU to start it. Is that something you're going to implement into the game?
1: A large GPU? Yeah, a ground power unit. Yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't hear it correctly. Um, yeah, it has a GPU, uh, or an APU uh, auxiliary power unit, and uh, that
3: needs to be introduced also, obviously, because it's
1: uh, working nicely, and that's how the aircraft is uh, started. Uh, so it will be in there.
3: That's excellent. It's just uh, the C-101 has one It's a rather nice touch to the to the airframe, and I thought the Eurofighter one would also be a nice touch, because it's br- rather large. I think it's the size of a small car. Cu-
1: yeah, it's true. Wow. Yeah,
3: In the Eurofighter, it's called APU.
0: Marjorie. Ah, interesting. Um, it's interesting that the, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of people moan about the F-22 always breaking down and the, the F-35 breaking down, but, I mean, it's always, go back in history, the F-15 was just the same when it came out. The F-15 was so new and revolutionary when it came out, it was stuck in, it was stuck in the hangars for, for years before it was actually flying because of how many problems they had with it. But I guess it's always going to be the same, isn't it? Uh, anyone else, guys? Beautiful. Okay. Well, it was lovely having you on, Gearho. That was uh, that was a really top interview and good answers as well. Obviously, there's only so much you can tell us at the moment because there's only so much you know. Thank you. But yep. that's so bit. We'd love to be, obviously, you know, just keep us... We, Despite what the internet says, we're actually really nice people. So just keep us posted um, hmm. as you go. Let us know if you need anything from us. I'm not sure what we could offer, but you never know. Um, and that's it. Obviously, it's a plane that's close to our hearts because a lot of us are British. So um, we're really interested. Any and German. And German, yes, my apologies. <laughs> Any <laughs> questions you've got for us, Gero? I don't know what you could possibly ask, but anything you've got for us
1: or whatever? Uh, no, I'm really uh, happy that I could be here. Uh, it has really been an honor. I mean this. Um, and I hope we can do this again at some point. I, I would love to talk to you about maybe some real uh, good stuff, obviously. Good. Yeah, uh, So uh, we can do this at some point. Uh, I can bring also maybe some if you want to yeah from that
0: would that would be cool Groups,
1: group group
0: session
1: yeah could have a eurofighter uh chat session basically or something Roger. and yeah thank, thank you very much for having me here
0: lovely we'll give it a few weeks uh get some time some time for people to get their brains buzzing and researching about the eurofighter then we'll come back to you reorganize otherwise uh pleasure and thank you very much yeah thank you very much john thank you